Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Good morning. It is December 29th. It is five minutes after 11. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Rob Kendall has the day off and joining us is Tony Kinnett. So, Tony, I don't know if you have uh, run into any medication shortages recently. I know you have a young child at home and I'm just wondering if you've had any problems finding medicine. Yeah, I mean, we we go to the Walgreens and the CVS and and find that a lot of the the brands that we're looking for are out of stock. We're unable to find certain kinds of Tylenol, certain kinds of ibuprofen. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's very difficult to find things, especially uh, when we have a little kiddo who spent Christmas sick. And so, yeah, that has been really frustrating. Yeah, Uh, and probably very worrisome for you as well, because you just feel so helpless as a parent when your child is sick. All you want to do is have them feel better and you would do anything as a parent I mean you like cut off your arm if it made them feel better I was told that before I was a parent and I believed it but yeah you're right it is it's much more real and I I do wish that I could take that for her Mm -hmm. so to say yeah I've had uh well I haven't had uh trouble because my daughter's older but she has had some problems finding stuff where she's at and the pharmacies have said you know well we're gonna try and get it shipped in and weeks go by and I I just keep telling her, hey, you have to call them, call them, call them. And they keep saying, oh, yeah, it's coming, it's coming. But Target is the latest pharmacy that's going to restrict the purchase of children's over-the-counter fever and pain medication. This includes Tylenol, Advil, and Motrin, and they are limiting to just two per transaction. Now, this is Target doing it online, but CVS and Walgreens are limiting their in-person purchases. At CVS, you can only buy two boxes of medication, and at Walgreens, and Walgreens a little bit more generous. They, they've limited it down to six at a time, but uh, we've got this shortage, and they're restricting this medication, but I would hope that by the time you need more, if you're purchasing two bottles of Tylenol or two bottles of ibuprofen, that by the time you run out, that your child would have improved. I mean, yeah, I, a lot of this this stuff is sold not exactly in small doses. Um, I'm really, I would, you know, I obviously would encourage individuals, you know, not to be greedy. It's kind of difficult when the supply chain is so screwed up and garbaged by mm-hmm. our administration, who has really taken to the difficulties that Americans are facing in economic times and basically just sloughed them off and told them, oh, you're just you're overreacting. You're fine. You know, just rub some dirt on it, mm-hmm. and that is. Uh, really starting to affect how Americans are able to aid their own families medically. Yeah, I was talking with Nigel about this the other day that powdered amoxicillin, uh, 70% of that is made in China. And uh, I'm sure with what they're dealing with now with COVID, it's just going to get worse. And these medication shortages are just going to become worse. And a lot of this with the Tylenol and the Motrin and the Advil, it has to do with the triple demic that is, you know, with the COVID and the RSV and the flu, a lot of these young children are 
you know, suffering and uh, it's getting harder and harder for parents to find relief for them. It's the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. And let's talk about Vladimir Zelensky. He has announced that he's prepping to participate in January's World Economic Forum in Davos. Mm. He's also in talks with the BlackRock CEO, Larry Fink, regarding rebuilding efforts following the war. So he's talking about taking out a loan. Following the war? There's supposed to be an ending? Yes. Whoa. I, well, geez. I mean, looking at the headline directly above, you know, your head a few minutes ago, it said that Russia had just launched, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of missiles into Ukraine and Ukraine responded with mm-hmm. missiles, one of which landed in Belarus. So yeah. um, I, I post-war rebuilding efforts, we're already making deals for that already? Yeah. Wow. He's, it's optimistic. Talking with BlackRock, they're going to structure a fund for the reconstruction of Ukraine. And I'm just curious, out of the uh, 45 billion we're sending over there, is any of that going to go to reconstruction? Or are they going to send that back once they get this loan from BlackRock? Nope, we're good. We don't need your money anymore, America. Here it is back. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, as Mitch McConnell said, funding Ukraine is the most important thing for Americans mm-hmm. right now. It's all we care about when we can't find medicine for our kids at the drugstore. Got to send money to the blue and the gold. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's a great question. When the war is over, are we going to be reimbursed, you know, for our lend-lease uh, amount of, of goods here? I mean, I know that the money didn't have any receipts. You know, we don't know where it's going to. <laughs> uh, I would love to think that Ukraine is keeping very diligent track of how all of the money and resources is being spent. But, you know, I, I, I'm just not that optimistic. Well, and that's the thing. Zelensky and Fink, they, they've agreed to focus on uh, coordinating efforts with potential investors and participants in the reconstruction of the country. Don't they already have a loan? Hasn't the United States given them a, or is that just, that's not a loan? There's no interest. Don't ever repay that. That's just yours to keep forever and ever. Amen. Uh, But what do you think about him going to this World Economic Forum? We've been pretty hard on Holcomb for going, hanging out with those people. And here's here's this guy who we're sending billions of dollars to. And now he's going to go hang out with Klaus Schwab. Although he hasn't said if he'll be there in person. Because that's not really a good look. If he's leader of this country, this war-torn country, he's going to, what, get on a plane and head over, to, head over to Switzerland? I mean, what about the time that he opened the U.S. stock exchange? He rang the bell to open it up. I mean, okay. it, it, I mean, again, I, I don't have an issue with Zelensky thanking Americans for their support. Mm-hmm. I don't have an issue with him talking to people about rebuilding efforts. Mm-hmm. But it seems like he's distracted running around the world showboating and doing things that have relatively nothing to do with the people of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm not seeing it. I, I when, when I'm going to make an, I'm going to make a comparison here. That's going to make a lot of people a little upset. When I see governor DeSantis after a hurricane, actually on the ground, helping individuals in the dirt, telling reporters, he doesn't have time for them because he's working. Mm-hmm. And then I see Zelensky ringing a bell, opening up the U S stock exchange. It puts a little perspective on which leaders care the most about their citizens to me. To me, that is the perspective that I am getting. That's what I'm seeing when I watch the television. So you're saying it's just not a good look. The optics are bad on that. No, optics matter. If you're, if you Absolutely. are, Absolutely. Look at our president who's off to St. Croix. The optics on that are awful. It's true. And I'm not saying that a leader should never be able to get a little bit of respite. You need respite in order to keep leading. That mm-hmm. is an essential thing people need to remember. Yeah. However, 
the manner in which you take respite matters. I think it would have been, I, I honestly, a brilliant political move for Biden would have said, you know, we were going to go on vacation. Mm-hmm. We're just going to spend a Christmas at the White House with the family because we don't feel like it's in our best interest to go on a big vacation while Americans are stuck in airports. Right. I, I would have I would have clapped for that. Would it have been very thin political showboating? Yes, but it's still a very good optical delivery. Yes. And that's necessary for leadership. Still better than a, a nice Caribbean vacation. Oh, <laughs> while while half the country is, uh, you know, suffering, digging out from that huge storm that we just had. Or that, stuck that, in airports. That took lives. Can't find food and medicine at stores. Yeah. Uh, here's a story that uh, Matt Hiblin brought to my attention, which <laughs> I had to read it a few times. It's Putin's chief poisoner is fired. Yeah. The poisoner in chief. That's a job. Yes, it's an actual job, the chief poisoner. And it makes you think, okay, so you majored in biochem and you're either going to be a heart surgeon or a chief poisoner. Well, you know. I mean, I, I, I obviously, I, I think that it does, you know, it, it shows a little bit of that, you know, Putin's not, you know, a super generous and wonderful dude. And I really no. don't, you know, I do not wish the best in any way, shape or form for him at all. Right. However, I do think that, I mean, I, I don't really mind there being someone in charge of biological warfare. We used to have a department, not of defense, but a department of war. And its goal was to win wars. And there are several ways that you win wars. I mean, if Russia has a chief poisoner, well, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. If you're going <laughs> to develop poisons for whatever reason or one would hope for national defense, not offense. Well, yeah, it makes sense. Hopefully he's not just like invited to delegate dinners because wouldn't that make you nervous? Uh, he he was in charge of N22FSB, which is a research institute which develops deadly poisons used against the Kremlin. So, yeah, they're developing poisons. And this guy, he spoke out against the war with Ukraine. He's a Russian. And he said, I don't like this. Not a good idea. And he was retired removed from his post. Mm, yeah, well, that, that does tend to happen. Yeah, and that's what happens when you speak out against your government. Good on him for speaking out against his government. That's the, the right of the voice of the people. It is 14 after 11. It's the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC, and that is Tony Kinnett. And I wanted to quickly review some of these top stories of 22 that you may have forgotten about. And let's see if you remember any of these. The 11-day manhunt for corrections officer and escaped inmate. Do you remember that? I it do. Was the, it was the multi-state manhood, uh, manhunt, and it was that murder suspect, Casey White. Yes. And then Vicki White, same last name, no relation, although they were involved with one another. Oh. And how they were found in the, I believe it was a car wash down near Evansville. They were oh, found in Indiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember mm-hmm. that. Charged with murder. Those two? Okay, what about this story? Missing baby Holly found alive more than 40 years after her parents were murdered? That one's not ringing a bell with you, is it? No, it's this not. This is this uh, 42-year-old, and uh, she was separated. People thought she was dead, and she was actually, 40 years later, she was found alive and reunited with some of her biological family. What about the San Francisco couple that was fined $1,500 for parking in their own driveway? It's a San Francisco story, so I'm guessing that you blew that one off. That one never crossed your radar, did it? Uh, no. I, I, $1,500 to park in your own driveway? In their own driveway, yeah. Man, these HOAs are getting out of control. <laughs> uh, just a couple more. The U.S. tourist who fell into Mount Vesuvius after taking a selfie. 
Do you oh, recall yeah. that story? Oh, yeah, it was great. Yeah, a classic case of uh, really solid footing. 23-year-old uh, tourist. He fell into Mount Vesuvius, which is an active volcano in yeah. Italy. He was trespassing, taking a selfie. Good start, yeah. Yeah. He sustained minor injuries. Oh, so he didn't die. He didn't no. just like fall into like like, like you know, fall into the lava and, and he's gone. Oh, no. Good. Well, good for him. Uh, what about the abduction and the murder of the Memphis teacher, Eliza Fletcher? Mm, I did hear about that. Yeah. yeah. She, was, uh, she was on a run at 4 a.m. and then a few days later, she was found murdered. Uh, Carrie. Fun. Yeah. Please, Carrie. If you are out at any time, please, concealed carry, do the training, make sure that you are able, a, I said this on Twitter the other day, mm-hmm. a uh, 0% of muggers and rapists who are shot by people who concealed carry go on to commit additional crimes. It's science. Final story that you may have missed over this past year or may have forgotten about, rather. A single ticket winning the $200.4 billion Powerball jackpot. Biggest drawing ever. I just can't. I, I mean, I always love the individual. Oh, that just happened that, in November. You I, remember this, Yeah, right? I do remember it. I just, I'm, I, what immediately comes to mind are the people who are like, well, what even is that after taxes? <laughs> it's like, it's still a pretty sizable amount it's of money. It's still a billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> it was two billion before. It's probably one billion now. Yeah. Oh man, have you seen those? Uh, have you seen those shows where they like go over people who won the lottery and like how quickly they blew it mm-hmm. and like basically it went to poverty? That stuff is super interesting and, and really sad. Yeah, well, they need to get a financial advisor to help them figure it out. Uh, Dave Ramsey's my financial advisor. I've been uh, listening to him since I was like a fetus. I are was you like in the womb? Are you debt free? I am debt free. That's right. Absolutely. Good for you. It is seventeen minutes after eleven. This is the Kendall and Casey Show on ninety three WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Good morning. It is 20 minutes after 11. This is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Rob Kendall has the day off, and Tony Kinnett is joining us today. Uh, Tony, thanks so much for being here. Are you having a good time? Oh, I'm having an absolutely stellar time. Well, thank you so much for uh, for hanging out. I know that this next topic is something that uh, you're chomping at the bit to talk about, and that is Festivus and Kwanzaa. Kamala Harris uh, talked about celebrating Kwanzaa. She uh, went down memory lane and uh, described her experience with it. Kevin, are you ready? All right, Kevin doing a fantastic job today. Here's Kamala Harris. Growing up, Kwanzaa was always a special time. We came together with generations of friends and family and neighbors. There were never enough chairs, so my sister and I and the other children would often sit on the floor, and together we lit the candles of the Kanara. And then the elders would talk about how Kwanzaa is a time to celebrate culture, community, and family. And they, of course, taught us about the seven principles. My favorite principle was always the second, Kujichagalia, self-determination, the power to design your own life and determine your own future. And it is a deeply American principle, one that guides me every day as vice president. To everyone celebrating, we hope your week is filled with love and light. From our family to yours, happy, happy Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. 
So Kamala Harris was born in 1964. Yeah. Kwanzaa was created in 1966. Yeah. Really didn't take hold until the late 70s, early 80s. And it doesn't stop there. See, the candles of Kwanzaa really didn't take off until like the late 70s. And the actual like identification of the principles as an actual part of Kwanzaa mm-hmm. wasn't around until the 80s. So mm-hmm. first of all, Kamala, Kamala's a massive liar. And I mean, a very blatant one at that. But uh, people talk about Kwanzaa. And it's so, I mean, the Pennsylvania Republican Party tweeted out, you know, happy Kwanzaa. It's so important. Mm-hmm. Kwanzaa is not a real holiday. It's not. It is actually verifiably not at all a real holiday. It was founded or created by Rob Karenaga in 1966, who renamed himself Maulana. So he, the founder of the United Slaves, which is a violent rival organization of the Black Panthers, created this holiday and called it Kwanzaa, which is derived from the Swahili phrase Matunda i Kwanzaa which means the first fruits of the harvest. It doesn't have anything to do with principles. Only there's this really interesting thing. If you go over to Africa, you go over to the nations that supposedly Kwanzaa gets its roots from, Mm -hmm. none of them have any idea what you're talking about. And those that do mock Americans for thinking they know anything, and they're mocking black Americans Mm -hmm. who celebrate Kwanzaa, or weird white progressive college students for thinking they know anything about a culture they've never stepped in, ever. They don't celebrate, it's not a real holiday. It's, it's just a race-baiting, nonsensical mockery of, of the menorah with the candles. Oh, we're lighting candles. Oh, the principals, mm-hmm. never enough chairs. There are no records. There are no family photos of anyone. None of Kamala's relatives have ever mentioned this. I mean, Festivus from Seinfeld, <laughs> the airing of grievances, mm-hmm. I think has more cultural relevance than, than Hanukkah. Kev, do we have a, a Festivus clip? Tell everyone what Festivus is about. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're gonna hear about it. You, Kroger, my son tells me your company stinks. Okay. <laughs> so Festivus is mm-hmm. this fictional holiday right. made up in, in Seinfeld that's supposed to take place on, I, I jokingly call it Christmas Adam, you know, the day before Christmas Eve. Right. And uh, you're supposed to basically hold this pole and then air your grievances out about everyone at the, at the table. And then the feats and, of strength. and Yeah, yeah the feats of strength and sure. all of that. There are more people who ironically celebrate Festivus in the United States than celebrate Kwanzaa, according to several surveys. A made-up holiday in the 90s by... Jerry Seinfeld by a sitcom by a sitcom Mm -hmm. is more celebrated than a holiday created by an actual criminal Marxist on the record saying he wanted to dismantle the United States and its economic systems, which self, you know, what, what did she say? Mm Self-determination is the second principle of right. That's her favorite created by a guy who absolutely believed in collectivism first and individualism never. So are you saying that this uh, Kwanzaa is just a corporation virtue signaling Holiday. Oh yeah, I mean it's just it's just virtue signaling in general. I mean it's like when people get up and have to to say, well, I very deeply support this, that, and the other. And then, remember when uh, just a few weeks ago, Sam Bankman-Fried from mm-hmm. FTX basically yeah. admitted, yeah, none of us actually believe this stuff. We just say it in order to make you guys think right. that say the right I'm words. just as woke and cool and virtuous as you are. Yeah. Uh, here's another word that sounds like it's made up because it probably is. Uh, is 
Twixmas. And that is this week. Twixmas is the week between Christmas and New Year. And that's a portmanteau, which is uh, blends two words together to make a new meaning for a word. So Twixmas is thought to be a combination of an old English word betwix, which means between, and Christmas. So you've got Twixmas. Sounds kind of like a candy bar, but uh, if you're working this week, you're probably not working very hard. There's not a lot of new initiatives being introduced at where you work. You're not going to start any big new projects. A lot of people don't even know what day of the week it is this this week if they're not working. So what do you do this week? What is the main point of this this week? What what do you do with your time? I mean, obviously you and I and Kevin were working, but uh, for those that aren't, what is it? You dig around your Christmas stocking, you eating all the leftovers, obviously sleeping in, uh, getting some binge watching done like Rob Kendall's doing with Yellowstone. I mean, yeah, that's it's kind of weird. This is my first year that I, I wasn't in the educational system where everyone got this week off, mm-hmm. and so I'm I'm working this week. I'm mm-hmm. crazy to think and so mm-hmm. it's not really much of that for me right uh, however and, and no I don't I don't want I don't track? want sorrow for you guys yeah I, yeah I mean I did I'm I, I did lose sorrow than this betwixt miss and all that losing time and whatnot but I uh you you play with the Christmas toys mm-hmm. that's what you do you know you if you get you some kind you play with that's where you, you do all of the enjoying of the Christmas things in our family this year because we're sick of trying to figure out what everyone wants uh we both asked for and got everyone a bunch of random Lego sets <laughs> fun we did I mean because they're, so they're now making you're putting like them together yeah like someone got my my wife like a, a flower thing like a, a pot or a potted orchid so she's building that and some succulents and stuff and uh, I yeah I told you earlier I had the Capitol building so my my grandmother this year, she got me the White House. So oh, I'm, I'm building. I bet that's a big one. White How many House. pieces do you have in that? I one? have no idea. I haven't started building it yet because okay. I've been at work this week. Yeah, right, right. You're uh, one of those people who gets uh, cadults, right? Kid toys for adults. Cadults. Not this. Really, just this year. Uh, before that, I mean, I, I got a, I got a new suitcase this year. That was a, that was a big moment for your traveling that you're going to take on Southwest Airlines. Oh God forbid. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I. You'll never see it again. Yeah, no kidding. Not taking it on that airline. I, I don't know. I don't do a lot of that. Just this year, we were kind of done with getting people stuff they don't want or need. So mm-hmm. we might as well get joy out of watching them be frustratedly trying to build something. What about you guys? Uh, it's the time to make some New Year's resolutions. So, well, I mean, I've been working all week, so my schedule hasn't really changed other than maybe being jealous of those who aren't working and and let them know how I feel about them not working. <laughs> That's happened a little bit around the house. It is 28 minutes after 11. It's the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Shake it. Shake it like a Polaroid picture. 11.34, it is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. We got so many good phone calls, we thought we'd uh, go back to the well. 317-684-8444. And uh, that's the phone number if you've got a question, comment, or smart remark. We'd love your input. 317-684-8444. Of course, we did a lot of talk about uh, what's going on at the southern border. Of course, this after... Texas Governor Abbott sent some migrants to Kamala Harris's uh, residence there on Christmas Eve, but somebody called in and had a comment about the border. Hey, this is Chris, Indianapolis. You know, I've been hearing a lot of stories about the crisis at the border with, uh, you know, everybody crossing over trying to get into the United States. Well, my fix for that 
is once everybody's emptied Mexico, then everybody in the United States move to Mexico because they'll all be here. So basically, you know, cheap property. I mean, you have to build up infrastructure because I'm pretty sure it's crap in Mexico. But, you know, once it empties out, there's plenty of room. So just a thought. Bye. So there is a friend of mine. Her name is Sharice Trump. She's the executive director of the organization Speech First, which Mm -hmm. is a a free speech in in colleges organization. And uh, she conveyed to me a couple of months ago uh, the argument for occupying Mexico City Mm -hmm. currently. She made the case that because the United States border isn't secure and because the nation of Mexico, the Estados Unidos de Mexico, is not doing everything they can to prevent harm from coming to the United States and may be actively encouraging certain acts of violence towards citizens of the United States via the border, that that is what is considered an act of war and was under basically every United States administration up until World War I and was the cause of us occupying Mexico City once before. She makes the case that we should just, since, you know, Mexico doesn't care really about national sovereignty in and of itself, well, we should just take it. they've got the cartels running. I mean, everything is run by the cartels down there. I mean, that's, and I'm saying that if, if Mexico wants to remain an independent nation, they better get their house in order before... Mm. Before we put it in order for them. And I, I got to be honest with you. At first, I thought she was joking. And after she explained it, I'm pretty OK with it. Yeah, I think that these cartels need to be scrubbed. And if that includes a little manifest destiny, so be it. Mm-hmm. All right. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC, taking some of your phone calls. And uh, we've talked a lot also this week about George Santos. This is the representative elect who is now possibly going to be investigated because he lies and he got caught. He lied about his resume. He lied about his education. He lied about his heritage. And uh, you've got a thought on this? Hey, Casey and Brian. I'm listening to your uh, talk about this congressman who <laughs> basically lied on his resume. Sounds to me like he'll fit right in. Let's not forget about uh, Danang Dick Blumenthal, uh, who swore he was a Vietnam War veteran who served in combat when actually he was hiding in the National Guard Armory in Connecticut or Rhode Island or wherever it is he's from. So it sounds like this guy is just the right fit for this club. Have a good day. Hmm. Well, that was was kind of my point. This guy's a liar. I mean, we've the past year has proven how much gaslighting we have sustained as a country from our politicians. And it's on both sides because we, you know, well, with the exception of Todd Young, I guess he didn't lie to us, did he? When he told Rob, like he likes to remind us at the Pancake House, how he was going to keep spending and he signed the omnibus bill. But I mean, look at the president for 40 years. I mean, there are stories from ABC News when that was once time possibly considered more legitimate. Right. uh, Catching him in lies. I mean, this has been going on since long before he was president, before he was vice president. Oh, I mean, honestly, looking at the dishonesty of politicians, it's it's a standard of the citizenry. It's not a standard of the politician. You know, we keep blaming these politicians for lying but when that's what we allow them it. to do. We roll right. around to the primaries and then everyone suddenly gets very apathetic. Everyone gets really apathetic. And I, I usually I, I'll say this if, if Rob's listening at all. I love to just kind of stab him in the side with this. It's, it's one of the reasons that I have kind of little respect for the Libertarian Party as a whole, because they they give up instead of fighting the Republican. Republicans in the primaries, which let's all be real, libertarians are really very closely related to Republicans. Let's stop pretending that there's some magical disconnect from both. That 
we just give up. We stop fighting in the primaries and the establishment keeps rolling on through on both sides. Mm-hmm. These garbage, very dishonest candidates. Maybe, maybe just, just, just kind of an idea. Maybe if you actually care, if you give a crap during the primaries, you'll have decent candidates to vote for who won't lie about having family in the Holocaust or lie about mm. uh, a number of other things that yeah. politicians on both sides of the aisle have lied about. Yeah. Okay. Uh, speaking of Todd Young, uh, we've got a phone call about him. Hi, Rob. This is Bob Hagerstown. Uh, yeah, I was listening to Let's Pastor go. Ernie Sanders last night on the Truth Networking. Guess who was on his list of rhinos down at the very bottom? Your boy, Todd Young. <laughs> Todd Young, he listed as a rhino with a lot of other ones, a lot of other so-called Republicans. Okay, just wanted to pass it on to you. Have a good one. Bye. You know, we really should have uh, put that phone call in the bank for Tuesday for when Rob comes back, because that would have been a perfect setup for him to rail on Todd Young and his spending, overspending and the printed money and how he's driving inflation. But uh, you know what? Do you, do you got something, Tony? I do. Uh, oh, okay. So I've, I have, I have <laughs> I previously. We'll I was kind of no. waiting until I was, I was kind of waiting until I was guess until you were out one day and I might have been guest hosting with Rob to to give this to him because I normally, I think that in some times past mm-hmm. some of his criticisms had gone a little bit too far of Todd Young until mm-hmm. this particular omnibus package until and let me was, explain why yeah. for me is I I. Look, if you think you know the whole distrust, well, House Republicans aren't going to be able to get their stuff together. Government shutdowns, that'll look really bad. That whole establishment fear that's nonsensical. My biggest issue is all of the rest of the garbage, like ignoring the southern border, like literally an order to not fund the border is in this budgetary bill mm-hmm. while funding the borders of a ton of, of Middle Eastern countries. and African countries. Yes. Um, so my my question here would have to be to, to Senator Young. Did you if read there, it? If there is a bill that suggests to you that it is going to do 98% really great stuff, but also you get stabbed in the kidney, are you going to vote for that bill? 90% of it's really great stuff. I mean, look at it. I mean, there's like brand new shiny cars and like everyone's really happy and kids are running around, but you get stabbed in the kidneys. I don't think you would vote for that bill. However, when it comes to it's your constituents getting stabbed... Mm-hmm. Who cares? Oh, yeah, look, just look, come on. I'll give me the knife. I'll stab their kidneys. And that's yeah. where I'm really starting to. Mitch McConnell does not have a, a very. And I honestly, I don't think that Young got up and decided he was voting for this on his own. I think he took orders from McConnell because that's what Young does. Young takes orders from McConnell. He's an establishment Republican. That's it's what just daddy, what he does. Daddy told I, him to I do. just heard him speak before the election. I'm not throwing infinite amounts of hate on him. I'm just saying, like, not much of a spine there when you're just taking orders without reading bills. Mm hmm. I'm just saying, I I was a I wasn't like pro young before. I wasn't like anti young either. But at this point, I just I, I wash my hands of it. That omnibus bill was so pathetic in a time when it would have been easy for him to be principled. I just again, this is why primaries matter, folks. Yeah, well, I mean the the omnibus bill. It was just a big trash can. Everything we've got left on the table, let's just throw it in there and. Uh, did Todd Young even read that bill? No way. No way he didn't read it. Okay, we've got time for one more call, and this one is about that that hourglass, very controversial hourglass that sold for half a million dollars from the Wizard of Oz. Comment about the hourglass <laughs> and the wizard mm-hmm. and the half a million dollar price tag. Mm-hmm. Obviously, some people have much more money than common sense. <laughs> That's it. It's the Kendall and Gacy Show on 93 WIBC. Good morning. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It's a nice version of Old Lang Syne. Oh. It just gets me right in the cultural feels there, Daisy. I tell you what. <laughs> nice choice, Kevin. Thank Who you. is this? Uh, it is the pipes and drums of Linish. Okay. It's a Scottish version. Sure it. it is. Oh, Scottish. See, I started with an Irish, and I'm going to get lots of hate mail now. <laughs> nice work there, Kev. Appreciate it. a great it. transition to a Scottish accent. You Thank gotta, you. You got to switch it up there. It's 1148. <laughs> this is the Kennelly Casey Show on 93 WIBC. And that accent is coming from Tony Kinnett. Uh, I love all the voices that you do. That's really fun. Sometime I'll have to share my Margaret Thatcher with you. Okay? Oh, let's go. But not now. Uh, right now we're going to talk. <laughs> a- <laughs> not right now we're going to talk about uh, Bill Cosby. Oh, oh, good. That's now. That's a kids. That's a transition. Yeah, he's planning his comeback, despite his comeback. The, his comeback. Yeah, despite the most uh, recent sexual abuse and assault and battery lawsuit that's being brought against him. Okay, so he's 85 years old. He just got out of prison after a sexual assault conviction. Uh, so now he's he's doing a comeback. Can you imagine the conversation? This is how this goes down. Hey, honey, I made plans for us tonight. I got some tickets for a show. Really? What are we going to do? Bill Cosby. Oh, you mean like a Cosby impersonator? You know, like there are like impersonator, like people that come out and and do that. No, like actual Bill Cosby up on stage. Actual Bill Cosby is planning a comeback. Uh, I've seen him before. I saw him in the late 80s and it was at Ferris State University. Wait a minute. So wait, you said comeback. You mean like he's doing what? Like he's doing a special or he's doing like a a tour? He's doing a tour. A comedy tour? Yes. And he he said he's he's he has so much fun storytelling uh, that he found that it's better to say it after he writes it. So he's looking for <laughs> he's looking at a spring or summer tour. I, I got to tell and you, the, and the official announcement is just mere weeks away. I want to hear Dave Chappelle talk about this so bad. I I I wherever Dave Chappelle is going next, I want to mm-hmm. fly there and I just want to because you know he is going to talk about this. I can't wait because he'll, he'll rant about anything, right? And I just want to hear Chappelle like go into all of the things that we're all kind of thinking. All of you out there are thinking really horrible jokes right now that you know that you could be saying, and Chappelle will say it on national television. Well, I want to see that. See, and that's the thing I was wondering is. Is Cosby going to come out and just completely shed that former family man persona and really go for it and do like a Chappelle or Chris Ta- Chris Rock type comedy show? Or uh, is is he going to try and rehabilitate his reputation? I don't because he used to he used to get on Eddie Murphy and say don't don't say the f word so much. I, yeah, I I just I don't even know what to expect. We've we've reached the realm of things. Uh, this sounds like something I would have told you a week ago. That was like Bill Cosby could announce he's going on tour again, and you would believe it. And now here we are. Like, did anyone have this on their 2022 bingo card? <laughs> this is what I did. Like 2023, it's not even January yet, and this is what 23 is thrown out. The at seventh us. year of 2016. <laughs> we have. It's still 2016. You all, we're still here. You think 
like we've moved on to other years. No, everything's gone off the rails. We've stopped taking count. Oh, that's something to look forward to. Okay, did you hear the story about uh, this guy? These are just some 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 quick hits before uh, we end the show. But uh, this guy from Idaho not only decorates his Christmas tree, but he also decorates his beard. And he's broken <laughs> he's broken the world record again, which he previously set. A world record for what? He managed to put seven hundred and ten Christmas ornaments in his beard. Now what? you've got a beard. Have what? you ever been tempted to to put an ornament in it? No, I brush it every once in a while. I, I trim it, but like I don't put ornaments in. What I'm more concerned about mm-hmm. is that there's someone out there who. Like, there's a world record for this. Mm-hmm. Like, someone over at Guinness is like, hey, Bill, you know what we need? And it's like, what? It's like, we need a record for how many ornaments you can put in your facial hair. Mm-hmm. And I just want the other guy just to consider how much meth the guy asking the question must have been on to suggest that as a world record. So he's got, you know, a very long beard, obviously, and very full and thick, and it is jammed with 710. They're little ornaments. They're the little... Yeah, like the, little, like the Hallmark kind. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. the little guys. But I'm just wondering, uh, in man world, does the fullness and thickness of a beard signify virility? Is that like a thing? Like, if you're a dude and you can't... You've got some empty patches where it doesn't quite grow in. Is that, is that like shame? Uh, yeah, I or mean, if you can't you grow like- a beard, don't grow a beard. I mean, I, I grow a beard, and it's it's a nice beard, and I, I mm-hmm. keep it nice, and I keep it trimmed because it looks good, and uh, it it I don't know it. it- gives off a kind of a public perspective but mm-hmm. I know guys who like half of their cheek is missing mm-hmm. and they've got like some really weird neck thing going on and yeah that's <laughs> when you got to use beard oil oh beard oil yeah, I've got some of that at home helps. I never use it I just use the same shampoo and conditioner that I use on my hair and it works really well I use that purple Aussie stuff it, it does <laughs> oh, wonders I use that yeah that it smells great. nice too it does it's it's just absolutely mm-hmm. splendiferous yeah quite honestly uh so is you're not doing the Abraham Lincoln thing because you know there's the tale that he grew a beard to cover his face because he was an unattractive man oh no that absolutely helps in in my case mm-hmm. for me it's also to hide the fact that I'm 27 uh, that that tends to to, you so know, you, shrug you that grow off. the beard to make you look older. Yeah, because everyone at WIBC thought that I was in my mid-30s until like a couple of weeks ago. And now that that's shattered, Tony Katz calls me little Tony in the hallway. <laughs> Aww. Well, I can't even believe that your dad is younger than I am. So I'm sorry. He had me young. What do you say? Yeah. Um, okay, another story. And this is the soda wars, right? So, of course, the soda market has been flat with all of the waters. Yeah, yeah. Didn't you? Hey, where's the drum roll? Uh, You know, all the water and the seltzer waters and the popularity of every other beverage growing. Which, I, which have grown on me. I used to hate them, and yeah. uh, all of a sudden it took hold of me after marriage, and I, I chug at least two or three sparkling waters well, a day. Well, it's taking effect on the soda market. They're, they're losing ground, with the exception of one cola. God's chosen beverage? Is it Dr. Pepper? It is Dr. Pepper. Oh, let's go. Really? I, oh, Dr. Pepper. I, so this is this is the weird thing. This yeah. is like my my one weird thing. My perfect breakfast. Biscuits and gravy uh-huh. and a Dr. Pepper. Uh, okay, so Dr. Pepper is the only cola that has grown their market share. As it 20, should. 26% over the past decade. Now, I think it has to do with their sponsorship of college football and how more people are moving south. Amen. Population growth in the south. And Dr. Pepper is a southern cola. Hey, thank you, Tony. Excellent job, Kevin. Good job today. And thank you for listening to the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Happy New Year.